0: Charlemagne the God.
1: This is the Breakfast Club. I the Breakfast Club. Me to introduce myself. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. Well, y'all I came a long way. <laughs> Breakfast
2: I think that y'all have a certain amount of respect for you know
1: what
3: everybody else does, and y'all are just the best at what y'all do. This platform, the reach y'all have that you've earned, makes space for somebody like me. You guys have a direct line to the coaches. Oh my God! I'm on the radio with Angela, Charlamagne, and DJ Envy. Damn. Yes, you are.
4: All I do is read about The Breakfast Club. Every morning, you guys are trending. Every,
5: you know, I drag my ass out of bed. I'm like, uh, what happened on The Breakfast Club today?
6: Yo, 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Hey,
7: good morning, DJ MV. Charlemagne
0: the God. Peace to the planet is Thursday Toronto, what up? Good morning, guys. All right. <laughs>
2: Let me tell you something. Last night was a uh, great dude, night for me.
8: Last night was a great night. Uh, we all gathered around like a family as we should have and watched um, one of the the, the, the best moments uh, in, in that we've seen during this whole versus thing: Snoop Dogg versus DMX, the battle of the dogs. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, it was everything we thought it would be. You know, we knew that it was going to be uh, entertaining. Yeah, um, we knew that Snoop was going to wash DMX, uh, which he did on the scorecard. But it was a lot closer, just in spirit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just because DMX is such an anointed person, and he's such an amazing spirit, and he has he has good records. He even has great records. But you know, when you take those good records, those great records, those bombs, and you put them up against um some institutions, some 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 weapons of mass destruction like Snoop Dogg got. It's just an imbalance, you know what I mean? But it was still an entertaining versus nevertheless. And I want y'all to know in this room, our board op named DJ Dramos never ever trust his opinion on anything ever again because even this morning, he is still saying Rough Riders anthem is a better record than Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg nothing but a G thing. I stand by that. Nothing but a- Nothing But A G Thing is one of the top five maybe greatest hip-hop records of all time. It is a perfect hip-hop song. Rough Riders and Anthem and Nothing But A G Thing are not in the same league. Bro, okay. he's a 22-year-old
0: from <laughs> <don't> Washington Heights. <laughs> <What>? He knows <laughs> nothing about the hip-hop. We know. He's got ears. I'm nothing so But A G Thing is envy. probably, no, that's probably one of the biggest records ever. You don't think Rough Riders Anthem to is top five? No top five what record? Hip hop records. <laughs> no. Top it five DJ just, Dramos did, record. It probably no.
7: means more. It probably means more to DJ Dramos because of his age. No, I mean I, I
0: can't say that Rough Riders anthem meant a lot to me and put me in a time and place in New York City. But that G thing, that G thing, wanted me to to I, I wanted to buy a six four and wear chucks like like I, you know it 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 puts you in that mood. It may, it. Those West Coast beats just put you some someplace else. But so dramas, a, how, old,
7: how how old were you, dramas, when nothing but a G thing came out? i What year did that come out? I mean, I, who like knows? 1992 or 1993. Oh yeah, I was a, yeah. I was like one. I, okay, so yeah. that's why.
0: Exactly. Dramas, do you have Tommy Hilfiger underwear on your face right now? It's not underwear. It, it's a custom mask. That's underwear, bro. It's not underwear. That is, that, that's the that that's that's is the, the crotch. Second.
8: That's the second reason to never trust anything that comes out of DJ Dramos' mouth because yeah. he's got Tommy Hill's un- Tommy Hill figure's underwear on his face. It's a
0: mask. It's a mask. Yes, that
8: you made out of Whatever. underwear. I, I seen the crotch part. That. You know the crotch with part. That, I can
0: see that. No, it's
4: not true. Whatever smelling makes a, smelling... you happy.
8: Okay. <laughs> you smell, you smell. Whatever makes you happy. <laughs> Whatever makes
0: you wear a mask, bro. <laughs> Whatever
8: you makes you want to keep that the mask crotch? on your
0: face all day. The crotch part that comes, you know, comes out a little bit. That's just right on his nose and Don't, mouth. Don't good. judge him, Envy.
8: Okay. Just stop, drop, sh- shut up, roll <laughs> him down, <laughs> shut him up, shop. Whatever the hell they say. What did they say on that song, Rumbles? Okay, drop, drop shut mm-hmm. him down, it's open, said, up, open shop. up shop. Okay.
0: Woo, <gasps> woo. All right. Great, wow, great envy. battle though. Drop one of Clue's yeah, bombs. Great And Snoop Dogg. Amazing. shout to Swiss and Timbo. Great battle. Great battle, man.
8: I loved it. I lo- loved I, it. I even, it, I even won a bet. We had a bet going. Uh, B. Dot from um, Rap Radar asked, "What color Timbs would DMX wear?"
9: And I'm. What did you say? I,
8: I, I said I said first I, I said orange, and then I said nope. Actually, he'll be on the West Coast, so he might wear red. And then I say actually he might wear black because he's on the West Coast just to stay neutral. But I was closest because I said red. Mm,
0: I I definitely yeah. knew it was gonna be red. I knew it was gonna be red. All right, well. It's Throwback Thursday, and we have a throwback artist joining us this morning. Cece Peniston will be joining
8: us this morning.
7: Yay. Hey,
8: hey! it's
7: happened to me.
8: Cece Peniston, I got a lot of hit records. or damn so? Cece Peniston had uh, five number ones on the Billboard Dance Charts uh, yep. back in the day, back in the nineties. Hit of, by love. Of, love. A, I'm a lot in of the big mood. Tunes.
0: Keep on walking. We got a love thing, and of course, finally,
8: we got a, we got a love. love we got a, we got a love.
0: Mm-hmm.
8: Okay. I'm here for uh-huh.
0: this. Okay. Nice All right. Nice to Thursday interview. That's right. Well, let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what are we talking about?
7: Uh, let's talk about Donald Trump and the Chicago Mayor, Lori Lightfoot, and federal aid being sent to Chicago.
0: All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Yes. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee?
7: Well, Donald Trump is going to be sending federal agents to Chicago because of the surge of violent crime. Now, he did have a news conference to discuss this. And after that news conference, he also called the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot. And here's what he had to say.
4: The Department of Justice will immediately surge federal law enforcement to the city of Chicago, the FBI, ATF, DEA, U.S. Marshal Service, and Homeland Security will together be sending hundreds of skilled law enforcement officers to Chicago to help drive down violent crime. We will find them, arrest them, and prosecute them. They will be in jail for many years to come. But we must remember that the job of policing a neighborhood falls on the shoulders of local elected leadership. You know, now, Lori so Lightfoot. Inter-
7: was- mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say Lori Lightfoot did, uh, said if those agents are here to actually work in partnership and support of gun violence and violent cases, plugging into existing infrastructure of federal agents and not trying to play police in our streets, then that's something different. But the proof is going to be in the pudding.
8: You know, Donald Trump told us in the Rose Garden um, a while ago that he was going to send the military into American cities. And he has done just that. He has sent all those militarized federal agents into American cities, Portland, now Chicago. Chicago t- could turn into a bloodbath. And, and what, what bothers me about this is those folks in Chicago don't need force. They need funds. They need resources. Send federal aid, not agents. Okay, invest some money into those poor, and disenfranchised areas in Chicago, so they can have better schools. Create job training programs. Mm-hmm. Build STEM centers. Provide free th- free therapy and grief counseling. Give those people some opportunity. Okay, like what y'all gonna do with the military militarize? They just gonna go go in there and do, what cause more trouble, and cause more and chaos, and cause more. And violence. then
7: you haven't. Come and on. then you haven't solved the problem, at all. Yeah, and then yeah, I you- don't understand. So this was after a, a shooting outside of a South Side funeral home. Fifteen people were injured at that shooting. And the city has had one of its most violent years in a recent memory with 414 homicides through Sunday this year. That's compared with 275 at the same time last year.
8: I bet you the unemployment rate in that area is super high. Just like the unemployment rate is high all across the country. It's just like yo, our, our, our government has failed us, you know, uh, federally and locally on on so many different levels, man. Like once again, they don't need, you know, uh, uh, federal agents. They need federal aid. You know, put some money into those poor disenfranchised cities. Create some job training programs, some opportunity for those folks. That's All what right. they need.
7: And I think in Chicago, in particular, the mayor is looking at what's happening in Portland with these federal agents. And she said in Portland, they ignored the U.S. attorney, put these agents on the street. And I don't think anyone can quibble with the fact that what happened was not only unconstitutional, it was undemocratic. So she's concerned that they'll try to do the same thing in Chicago.
8: All right. I'm telling you, man. There's, only one, there's really only one thing to do. And you got to get Donald Trump out of the White House. And um, you got to you know, put somebody in the White House who actually cares, all right? That's why in November I'm telling everybody to vote for Kanye West,
0: okay? Shut up. All right, well, that's front page
8: news. Hey, Kanye would never send militarized federal agents into Chicago, his hometown.
0: Get it right. off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. Phone lines are wide open. Again, 800-585-1051. It's The
1: Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Let's go. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or
6: blessed. We
1: want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club.
6: So if you got something on your mind, let it out.
0: Hello, who's this? This is Nakia from Atlanta. Hey, mama. Get it off your chest.
3: Hey. So, shout out to my brother, Trader True. He, Trader was yesterday. We didn't get to go to Trader this year. Yeah. So, shout out to him. I know he was bummed out about that. But, you know, we still celebrated on the ground for him. So, it's all good. But I want to talk about this first battle. I got my entire life last night. I went straight mm-hmm. back to high school last night. It was everything. I'm still high off of last night, this morning.
0: Beautiful. It was great. What would
8: you think? It
3: was amazing. It was amazing. It was amazing. I did make I was a little disappointed because I was a super big fan back in the day. I'm like, bro, you got hit. What you doing? Come on. (laughs) I'm playing with you. But he put it together towards the middle and the end, so I was
6: good. It was was really great
0: performance. He
8: he was playing his hits, but, you know, sometimes those good records pale in comparison to great records,
0: and that's what happened in this battle. That's all. Yeah, he played all his records. He, there was nothing that I I think that he missed out on. I can't think of anything, but, but he played all his great records. In
10: the beginning, he was playing. He, he was no, he playing wasn't. In the beginning. He, he yeah. came out with
8: absolute <laughs> fire in the beginning. It's just, Snoop <laughs> records are just better and bigger.
3: Okay, follow me. I'm going to let you but, it.
7: Didn't, but didn't you enjoy seeing the two of them there together celebrating each other? Oh, my God. That was the win. It was that so was
3: amazing. It was so amazing. It was great.
8: DMX dope. started off with the intro. To it's dark and hell is hot. Winning the what's my name. Get at me, dog. Some mm-hmm. X. Stop being greedy. Money cash hoes. Come back in one piece. X gonna give it to you. Who we be. Get it on the floor. They yeah, just now pale he in comparison. They just pale the comparison to Deep Cover. Who am I? Gin and Juice. Trade A. Two of America's most wanted. Down for my hitters. Ain't no fun. Yo, be pleased.
0: One of the Jesus funniest Hustlers. parts. <clears throat> when, when, when DMX was like, oh, we know your name. Now let me tell you my name. Which <laughs> is dead. And nothing he said, happened. He said uh v- v- let's try this again. Very, very,
8: very ja rule. Are you ready? ready? Funniest part, one of the funniest parts was when DMX said to Snoop, said to Swiss, man, Swiss, what you over there doing? Smoking charcoal off
0: a plate? Yeah.
8: He didn't know what hookah was. <laughs> he didn't know who hookah
0: was. Get it off your chest. Oh, look at another line. Hello, who's this? Cal. Hey, what's up, bro? Get it off your chest.
11: Just calling the spread some positive energy this morning. I woke up in a good mood, feeling good. Hope everybody else feeling like me. Okay,
7: okay. we love well, that. I'm happy spread, you feel that spread way. The love, I do feel spread good the this love.
8: morning, actually.
0: All right,
7: brother.
11: Uh, I appreciate it. Hey, hey, hold on. Hey, ye, you know how uh, Charlemagne be hitting us with the yo every morning, right? Mm-hmm. You, you you think you can hit us with the hey sound after that?
7: <laughs> All right, I do that on Fridays <laughs> or something. I got you tomorrow.
11: I right, I right, for show eight, just for you. Hey, Drummond, I don't know. Hey, tell Drummonds he need to, he need to, he need to find another vibe. Cause what he got going on this morning, that ain't that ain't it, and that ain't it right now. <laughs> exactly.
8: <there. laughs> he, he he thinks all he right. thinks Rough Riders anthem is better than Dr.
0: Dre and Snoop Dogg. Nothing but a G. I'm thing. not allowed to have an opinion. I can't like something better. I don't understand. We can't yeah, hear you I'm with right. the underwear on your face, bro. Man, shut up. Get it That's off it your chest. Time,
11: so I don't really know either. But all right, y'all. What he talking about over here?
0: Why you just hang up on them, man? Get it wow. off your chest. 800 585 1051. It's the Breakfast Club. Good
1: morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on the Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yeah, yeah, what's
12: going on? Good morning, Envy. Good morning, Charlemagne. Good morning, On What's going on the J. Hey, what's up? How y'all doing, man? I was wanted to talk about the battle last night, man. It's was a very good battle. Very good battle. I know a lot of people thought the X was going was gonna, to uh, hold his own against um, Snoop, but he definitely held his own. And shout out to Swish for helping uh, DMX with that right there because if it wasn't for, for Swish, I think that Snoop probably would have washed
8: him. I mean, Snoop did wash him. I mean, let's be honest, all right? Hey, even though we love DMX and he has good records, like I said, all week they pale in comparison to Snoop's weapons of mass destruction. I gave, I gave X like four to five rounds, five, he got
0: about five, five going,
12: but a couple with well, ties. Is, I was gonna say, well, the thing about it is though, it's the lineup the way that Swiss did it for him, you know. But before I realized Swiss was even on the boards back there, I was like, oh, they got them X playing some bingers early, too. So it was pretty strategic, really good on that part.
8: I saw people being disrespectful, saying essentially this battle was um, Snoop, uh, Dr. Dre versus Swiss. But I think y'all forget too that uh, the good brother Dame Grease produced a lot of those early DMX records as well. Grease definitely produced a lot of those. Oh yeah, I was
12: hoping to hear
8: more on uh, X and Locks. Yo, yo, uh, uh he done started something. Man, that rang yeah. off last night. Mm-hmm. That rang off last night. And I and, and I would I, I would give that round to DMX. But doggy dog world is a very very tough tune, man. Very tough tune. But I still gave that round to uh, DMX, even though that's very debatable between N words done started something in doggy dog world. Thank you, brother. Hello,
6: who's this? Hey, what's going on? This is Nova Phoenix coming out of Queens. What's um, up, bro? Shout out to uh, all you um, uh, on the show. Uh, just want to big ups to Charlamagne. Big ups to you, DJ Envy. What's going on, uh, Angela Yee? We know each other, of course. Uh, where I was coming to Wealth Wednesday. For Lightblood.com, uh, I just wanted to talk about what I just heard. Um, it's what you guys are talking about with President Trump trying to send in fellow agents into Chicago. I think it's crazy. I think it's nuts. People do not do not need a heavy hand. People don't need an army coming to Chicago. We have a problem, an economic problem. It's That's right. these economically depressed neighborhoods that need funding in their neighborhoods. They need job opportunities. They need social programs to get back up on their feet. This is not rocket science. These are what the people need. And it's just not Chicago where they keep on highlighting Chicago because, of course, all they want to do is just enforce police invading these communities of color. This is the problem. These are the economic problems happening across America. You can highlight any neighborhood in America, and you're gonna have rape. You're gonna have murder. You're gonna have gun violence. These are the things that are affecting affecting America, and it's deteriorating. And we need to focus on the issues to try to uplift these neighborhoods. It's not
7: sending in armies into neighborhoods. Let's Not get to the all. root of the problem. Donald Trump had once said that Chicago's crime problem could be solved within a week. That sounds ridiculous.
8: No, they don't need they don't need force. They need funds. They don't need federal agents. They need federal aid, period. Invest the money into the hood. That's it. Give us some opportunity.
0: Job training programs. That's it. Better schools. Right. That's it. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. We got rumors on the way, ye?
7: Yeah, let's start off with talking about the versus battle that went down. While it's still fresh in everybody's head this morning, I want to hear what some of your highlights were, and we'll tell you uh, some of the things that we learned from the battle.
0: All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning,
7: everybody. It's
0: DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's
1: talk versus.
2: It's about time. What's going on?
1: The Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club.
7: Well, last night was an epic night again. Snoop Dogg versus DMX. Mm-hmm. And it was a great time. I mean, look, I think uh, unanimously people will say that Snoop Dogg won that battle. But unanimously yes. people will also say it was one of the best versus battles, right?
0: Yes. Both yeah, things can be true. Those dope. Both those things true. Be- yes. Well, and that and the Beanie Man Bounty Killer I think I thought that was dope too.
7: Yeah, one I of like the I like Erica
8: best. Badu and Jill Scott. That's my... Erica Badu and Jill Scott, DMX, and Snoop are tied for my favorites.
7: All right. Well, it all started off with DMX doing a prayer.
5: May you judge us by our hearts and not by our mistakes. And see that we get our breakthrough, however long that it takes. May you fill that void in our souls that will lay our fears to rest. For there's no way we can live for Jesus when we're living in the flesh. So I pray that you allow our spirits to be born, grow strong, move on, know right from wrong. First John chapter 2, verse 15. Do not love the world or anything in the world. And we know what that means. But listen, we know the distance. We need to be away for fire to keep it missing. But that does to mean we'll listen.
7: And we love when DMX comes on the Breakfast Club and does a prayer also. So that's Absolutely. an amazing way to start. Put down that blunt. Let's do this prayer.
8: <laughs> the man is anointed, man. Like, like Bishop T.D. Jake's anointed. Now, don't think just because he's not a pastor or a deacon or a reverend officially that he's not anointed. He is.
7: Now, one thing we also learned was the hook for "Get At Me, Dog." That actually was because of Snoop Dogg. Listen to what mm-hmm. DMX said happened.
5: The "Get At Me" phrase, I got that from you. Tell me how. Well, you remember you came to New York, Javari Square, Square. Yeah, right? Yes, right, sir. right. Y- y'all came by the studio afterwards. You know what I'm saying? we saw you in the club. And I was like, "Yo, what up?" You're like, "Yo, Get At Me, Dog." I was like, "Hmm, that's some slick
8: right there." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I just, you know, I made it my own. I mean, it makes, makes sense. Snoop Dogg's one of the most influential people in rap ever. Uh, debatably, probably the most famous rapper of all time. So I'm sure he's inspired and influenced a lot of rappers. I
0: love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, but
8: man. it was just I had, their I interaction. Really loved that I think battle. that's dope.
7: You could, you could say something to somebody like, yo, get at me, dog. And then next thing you know, they're like, hmm, that really is a dope ass line. I'm going to use that.
8: <laughs> you made it a hot line. I made it a hot song. You know who else said that? <laughs> the other greatest rapper of all time, Hov.
7: Now, DMX also wants rappers to write about what's going on in their life, including their pain. Listen to this.
5: When you
10: write the truth,
5: that's the expression that you get, my feel what you wrote that night that you wrote that record. You understand what I'm saying? Write that pain. Write that pain. At 13, I was f***ing the bitch 26. Sexual abuse, but I was getting my kicks. Then they say something broken, it need to be fixed. Because all I want to do is f- a lot of chicks. I used to get beat senseless by my do. So I grew up thinking, that's just what moms do. Running away, but had nowhere to run to. So, like, chapter 7, I must have been wrong, too. Yeah, Write that page,
8: That's That's such a common theme for a lot of men, uh, whether you grew up in the hood or a rural area in South Carolina. Like, I've always told the story about how I got, you know, touched on by a 20-something-year-old woman when I was eight. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a very common theme. I've heard D.L. Hughley say that's a lot of people who have had that similar story.
7: All right, well, they closed everything out with some freestyles, and, yeah, and, you know... I mean, are there songs that y'all feel like were missing from the battle? I think that was the one of the biggest things people were talking about.
8: Yeah, I mean, um, Snoop definitely like left a lot. Of, uh, Snoop Snoop left some records on the table. Um, Snoop left uh, what kind of records did he lit? Like I, I thought, still uh, I want to rock. Still Dre. Well, still I mean, Dre. He, he didn't. Still rap, Dre. He was just, just the on the hook. Yeah, he was, he was just, on just on the hook on the hook. that one. And Jay Z wrote really, really? that, so he
0: couldn't have did that. Re-
8: yeah, really, for really? me, it was just like, Life of the Party. I thought Life of the Party could have rang off. Life of the Party, um, yeah. And, and and maybe the I Want to Rock joint, the I Want to Rock, right? Yeah, now, I Want to Rock, now, yeah. Now, right now. Those
0: those two... I think like he played it I
8: thought he left on the table.
0: but he played. I he think played he played it choice. great. DMX yeah, yeah, just didn't play uh, 24 Hours to Live, right? He didn't play 24 Hours to Live. He killed that. Right. Did he play Blackout? He didn't play Blackout. He didn't play he Blackout played, or 25 Hours I mean, to Live. He didn't play Murdergram. He didn't play a lot of... Yeah, X played his joints, too.
8: But as as I've been telling y'all since this battle was announced, DMX has good records. DMX has records that are bombs, but it's the difference between great records and weapons of mass destruction, okay? Deep Cover is a weapon of mass destruction. Gin and Juice is a weapon of mass destruction. Dre Day is a weapon of mass destruction. g Things a weapon of mass destruction. Two of America's Most Wanted, Weapon of Mass Destruction. It's hard to beat those kinds of records.
7: just this. So which rounds did DMX win?
8: DMX handedly won uh, round ten. That was the Shiznit versus Get It On the Floor. I gave that to Get, get it, on it On the, the Floor.
4: floor.
8: Mm-hmm. Um, he he, see twelve is very debate. The rounds I gave X are kind of debatable. Twelve is debatable because it's what these just want versus beautiful.
7: I Those gave are that two to such X. different songs.
8: That's but you what know I'm what? saying. And,
7: and I'm saying I probably give that to Snoop.
8: See what I'm saying? How's it going down versus uh, Pump Pump by Snoop Dogg? I gave that to X. What? How's it going down?
0: How was going down? Absolutely.
8: And and, and, and uh, 16 is very debatable. N words done started something versus Doggy Dog World. Personally, preference wise, I love Dog uh, uh, N words done started something, but Doggy Dog World is a beyond classic record. What about Slippin
7: versus one. Murder? Slipping versus Murder was the case.
8: Murder was, case, it it not, nah, murder was the case. I gave like it All the way out of here. Nah, I like slipping. Murder was the I'm case. Murder was the on. case. Get slipping all the way out of here. What nah, mean, I don't agree one, with that you. One, that, one, that one wasn't close at all. That's a
0: debatable uh, Yeah, four, three, what about three, two, East one? Side? The East Side is Love It first. Four, three, 4-3-2-1. 4-3-2-1 wins that to, single-handedly. I gave it to yeah, 4-3-2-1. And then another round. Money,
8: power, respect. Very debatable. I gave it the Money, Power, Respect over PIMP Remix. Yeah, I gave it the Money, Power, Respect, too. So 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 and so the round 10 is the only round to me that DMX won without question without no debate and uh four, three, two, one was the only thing he won without question no debate What about Party Everything Up in Here debatable. versus
7: Drop It Like It's Hot?
8: Debatable. Very mm. debatable. I never I never like Party Up like that. Party Up was a Yeah, I never like Party I, Up. I never like Party Up
0: too. And Drop It Like It's Hot was just so damn big. That was such like 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 I would say one thing that Charlamagne said is, is Snoop makes records that my mama dances to. You know, like yes. my mom danced to a lot of these records. You know, what I mean, she knows a lot of these records. It's, it's Snoop.
8: You know, And then now <laughs> in 2020, when you listen to Party Up, you think about how much white people like it, and you think about the fact that white people MX love has Party Some Up. of the most suspect lines in that. Yes, record,
0: he did. I've heard Say of one of them. The Say one, one of
8: them. Say one of them. All you, all you men that been to jail before, suck my. T- <laughs> you men remind me of a script club because every time you come around, I just gotta get my. T- no. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All
7: right.
0: All
8: well, right. on that
7: note, I'm Angela Yee, and that's your rumor report.
0: And something else that was crazy last night it was when Snoop was like, "Yo, where are my ladies at?" And DMX responded, mm-hmm. "Where said, my where my bitches at? Bitches hip
8: hop used to be so
0: Whoa. fun and
8: problematic, <laughs> <laughs> like those problematic rap tunes. Jeez.
0: All right. Well, we got front page news. Yo,
8: next Snoop got to get ten extra points for playing bitches ain't in 2020.
7: He, he had to that play took that courage. That was but that's took yeah, courage.
8: Yeah. I just or, want y'all to understand cultural context and just realize we were really cavemen back then who didn't know no better.
0: Or, or and what no about fun? Ain't No Fun? Ain't goodness No Fun. Gracious. My daughter walked in the room while I was singing Ain't No Fun. I was like, get out right now.
8: <laughs> ain't No Fun is a Me Too anthem. Oh,
0: goodness Even crazy. when DMX
8: was naming all the women from How's It Going Down, I was like, at least two or three of them are going to too, DMX.
0: Jeez. All right. Front page news, what we talking about, Yee?
7: Well, let's talk about Joe Biden and Barack Obama teaming up for a new video.
0: All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. This The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee?
7: Well, let's start with Joe Biden and Barack Obama. They have debuted a new video where they are talking about Donald Trump and how he has not taken responsibility for everything that's happening right now with coronavirus. So let's start it off with a teaser from their campaign
4: trailer. Can you imagine standing up when you're a president saying, it's not my responsibility? Those words didn't come
9: out of our mouths while we were in office.
4: I don't understand his
9: inability to get a sense of what people are going through. And one of the things that I have always known about you, Joe, it's the reason why I wanted you to be my vice president and the reason why you were so effective. It all starts with being able to relate. If you can sit down with a family and see your own family and them, then you're going to work hard for them. And, and that's always what's motivated you to get into public service.
8: Um, yeah, Barack Obama endorsement, endorsements uh, do nothing for Joe Biden, at least not for me, because, you know, then Biden just turns around and says things like Trump is the first racist president as if 12 other presidents weren't slave owners and as if other presidents didn't create racist legislation and policies. Mm-hmm. So whatever. Okay, just November, hurry up and come, please. Let's figure this out.
7: All right. They also announced that there will be another fundraiser with Barack Obama for next week. They'll appear together again on Tuesday at a virtual fundraiser. And here's some more from this video.
9: You know what it's like to be in the White House during a crisis. You know what it's like to have to get laws passed through Congress. You know what it's like to deal with foreign leaders. Uh, You know what it's like to make tough decisions and to take responsibility for it. And and the thing I've got confidence in, Joe, is, is your heart and your character and, and the fact that you are going to be able to reassemble the kind of government that cares about people and brings people together.
8: You know, the, the, the saddest part about uh, November, It just feels like the same old, same old. And now doesn't feel like a moment for the same old, same old. Now feels like a moment for radical change in leadership in this country. Old white male leadership has failed us. And the fact that we're back having to choose between two old white males just doesn't feel right at a moment like this. Doesn't feel progressive at all. It doesn't feel like where the country is going. Right.
7: But everybody, please make sure you get out and vote still. And let's Kanye, exercise. 2020.
0: You better
8: start. That
7: right? All right. Now, in addition to that, and I know this has been an ongoing discussion, what are we going to do about sending kids back to school? Well, here's what Donald Trump had to say during his coronavirus briefing.
4: Some live with their grandparents. Sure. That there's there's a real risk. Would you understand if some well, they schools? they do say that uh, they don't transmit very easily, and a lot of people oh, are saying they don't transmit. And we're looking at that. We're studying John very hard. That they don't bring it home with them. Now they don't catch it easily. They don't bring it home easily. And if they do catch it, they get better fast.
8: Now that feels like the toughest decision I we'll have to make uh, this year. November no, don't get back like to a school enough. Decision.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a tough decision.
8: The presidential election is not a tough decision. That is a tough decision. Am I sending my 12-year-old and my uh, soon-to-be 5-year-old back to school in the fall? My daughter, my my oldest daughter, she's 12. She told me she don't want to go. She says she don't feel safe. Uh, I am a person who trusts my instincts, so I have to trust my daughter's instincts in this situation. So if she's telling me she don't want to go, if that don't change, then I guess we're going to have to figure out this homeschooling thing. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I got a seven a six and a three, um, and I don't. I think I'm. I'm. I think I'm gonna homeschool them. I think I'm gonna keep them home.
7: Yeah, you know, but again, like for some people, they don't really have that option because they have to work, and so people are making choices. Like, what will I do with my kids if I have to work to make money? Where can my kids be? Who's going to watch my kids? So it is totally a lot going on as people are making yeah. these decisions. And, you know, Donald Trump's been holding these briefings and he hasn't had any coronavirus tax force members with him. I would have rather heard more information. I don't know. Donald Trump was just saying things and he says that he's getting briefed. So here's what he has to say about why he's doing these briefings by himself and where he's getting this information. Why the
10: health experts are no longer joining you at these briefings? Can, can you explain
4: why? Because they're briefing me. I'm meeting them. I just spoke to Dr. Fauci. Uh, Dr. Birx is right outside. And uh, they're giving me all of uh, everything they know as of this point in time. And I'm giving the information to you. And I think it's probably a very uh, concise way of doing it. It seems to be working out very well. They're very much involved. They're very much uh, with the relationships. are all very good.
8: Well, he doesn't realize how bad that's going to hurt him because when the information is wrong, which we know it will be, uh, he can't blame it on anyone but himself because we see you. At least when Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burke is on the stage with you, you know, if, if something's not right, you can point to them and put the blame right. on them. But now since we only see you, yes, we already know it's your fault, but now we know it's your fault.
7: Well, right. he will still, I'm sure, continue to say it's not his fault. Even he'll say, well, this is the information I was given.
8: Well, we got eyes
0: the years.
7: <laughs> All right. Well, that is your front page news.
0: All right. Thank you, Miss Yi. Now, when we come back, it's Throwback Thursday. CC Peniston will be joining us, so we'll Woo! kick it with CC Peniston when we come back. So don't move. It's I the know, Breakfast Club. Good morning, the Breakfast Club. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. We have CeCe
3: Peniston. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Morning. Good morning.
7: Uh, I feel like there should have been how some theme music playing or something. We have CeCe Peniston here.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So finally. Right. <laughs> you know, it's how are you quarantining? I- I'm sorry. I was gonna say, how are you quarantining? Where are you at? How, how's everything going in this in this pandemic?
3: Man, I'm in Arizona. Um, everything is, you know what? It's been a lot of different things going on. I've had um, some people that were dealing with COVID. A couple of people in the hospital. Just, um, just trying to be even more creative. You know, staying to myself, do a little spiritual growth. You know, just working on me, enjoying the fan mm-hmm, when I can. You know, because you know, when you're traveling for years, y'all already know being in the music business. It's like, dang! Uh, I finally get a chance to like be home for a minute, and kind of,
11: mm-hmm.
3: you know, have a wusa for a second. It I, not the wusa I asked for, but at least mm-hmm. I get, a, you know, I get a second to like,
8: you know, Yeah. You know, Cece, I wanted to ask you. I know in the '90s you had a uh, five number one hits on the on the Billboard mm-hmm. Dance charts. Can a person sustain financially forever with with with
3: that? Why not? i have still been getting my royalties for 30 years off of fire. Okay. Ever since finally came out in the 90s, I still get my royalties from it now. Is it the royalties I should be getting? <laughs> no. <laughs> but, however, uh, yeah, you can get paid off of it. That's why, you know what, that's why people are so funny about doing publishing and I'm um, um, doing their paperwork and everything because people really don't know how artists can really be taken care of by their body of work. When right, you, you, you been- did
0: your first contract, did you get got? Was it a horrible contract or, or did you know early on?
3: You know what? Um, Actually, I didn't have a horrible contract. What happened was finally started gaining some success, and then things started changing around after people kind of started seeing where finally went. And actually what people don't know is I was recouped in 1997 with finally. So finally has been, like, good to me. And the other good thing that happened with finally is, um, when finally came out, and it's hard to see this, but when finally came out, it was on the charts for 33 out of 52 weeks which you don't see now because artists are putting out music like every three months. Like our world is so euphoric. They want to hear music like all the time. So I think that's the difference now. Like as then, you would work a record for like eight months. Now it's just like, you know, every three months people are putting stuff down. every And you've been very, very
7: vocal about making sure you do have your business in order because you had some accounting issues and business manager issues and all of those things to
3: deal with early on. Yeah, definitely. You know what it is, Angela? When it, when stuff happens at your own hand, it's different. When someone spends your money for you and gets you in a tax problem. Ooh, <laughs> you want to get your gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me, you know what I'm saying? You know, the thing about it is, when you first get in the music business, it's kind of like, hey, here's the accountant, here's the lawyer. You don't know what you're doing. You just know that you want to sing, right? Right. And then what happens after that is, then everything starts happening from there. The album was like, hey, we want you to finish the album within three months of you traveling. And I was like, oh, okay. Y'all want me to finish the album? Okay. Um, so in between gigs, I was going in the studio and stuff, right? And, um, and then finally had a different type of success because who would have known that, like, I'm still doing what I'm doing? In fact, this was funny, but when I first did it the first year, I was only home for, like, three three weeks out of the year. And I wouldn't go get a house because I was like, yo, I got to wait a minute because I don't know how long this is going to last, you know?
11: Mm-hmm.
8: When, when did you realize your accountant was messing up your money? Because I think I read somewhere where, where they got you for like a million?
3: Yeah, uh, he got me for a mil, at least a mill or, or okay. more, and then tried to tell me I owed him money, which was funny. Whoa, I was wow. like, oh, you real bold right now. I hope you sleep good at night. And then I realized I had a problem with him because my tax situation, I realized he had got me in a tax situation. I'm like... Wait a minute now I got to look into some other things, and you know it was kind of a real traumatic experience for me, actually because you know you work all these years and you're like, "dang I've built a, a nest egg for myself, and then you look back and see, hey, you know someone has made a choice for me that I didn't make right you know,
8: yeah, what made you get into uh, dance in the nineties why 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 dance instead of like regular r and b uh <clears throat>
3: You know what? I feel like kind of like it just happened that way. It's funny because I was always the person that came to like the different contests, right? And I was the one slowing the party down when I when I did uh, like talent shows and karaoke contests and stuff before I got in the music business, right? And so when I got there, I had written. Finally, it just kind of happened that way. Um, mm-hmm. Felipe, I had this this melody in my head, and then I had uh, the you know the lyrics written down, and I was like, hey, this is what I hear. And so he did the beat for it. Him and RK. And, you know, what happened is what you hear now.
0: Was dance big was- in o- Ohio when you was growing up? Was dance a big thing? Because that was like a, a a New York uptown club type of thing. Was it big w- where you were from?
3: You know what? The thing about it is, so I, I, I grew up in um, Arizona more than Dayton. My father was in the military. And so him being in the military, I moved here when I was about like nine. And uh, in Arizona, there was no house scene. There was none of that. And so I found out later on that like New York, Chicago, all were you know, hot spots that people love to go to and they enjoyed it. and So, um, you know, it was something, like I said, it was a learning lesson. I had no idea about the house scene until I got into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Are you still in the
0: house scene and you don't listen to house music no more? What?
3: Hell yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. look, look, I definitely listen to house. Definitely. I'm a part of the culture and, you know, so for me, it's like I'll never stop listening to it, but I do definitely listen to other types of music. You're not How just many a guys part of the tried
8: culture. to? You know, you're a queen of the culture. Thank Absolutely. you, queen
3: of dance.
7: How many guys try to holler at you that fit the description? And finally,
3: <laughs> you know what's funny? Okay, thank you, Charlamagne, for the compliment. Um, you know what? When I when finally first came out, I actually got married right away. Um, so you I had, found him? Okay. okay? I found him, girl. I wrote about him, and then I found him, like, right after I wrote about him. So I had gotten right away, and it was like, dang, your career just start. you know, while you get married right away. And I was like, oh, he writes me poetry. I want to, you know, I want to marry him. I love him. And then, you know, that lasted for about a year. And I think it was, you know, me being on the road a lot and then, you know, uh, not being at home, brand-new marriage and everything, and it was like, this is not what I signed up for type of thing. So, you then know, keep
7: on walking and then keep on walking came
3: out. Yeah, girl. I was like, okay, so it was like finally <laughs> we got a love thing, but keep on walking because we had a crazy love. <laughs> so how my things <laughs> were coming out was how my life was going actually, which was crazy.
0: All right, we got more with C.C. C. Peniston when we come back. It's Throwback Thursday. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Marketing, Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with C.C. C. Peniston. Charlemagne. I think I read somewhere, too, that your royalties have gotten messed up. Um, let's
3: see, messed up. Not really messed up. Um, So there's a lot of things I feel like the people don't know about the music business. Like, you can Break start... So um, I'm, so the thing about it is when you start out with an original body of work, you start out with an original ISRC code. And along the way, there was, like, different things that happened. I can't speak on everything, but I will tell you there's different misspellings. There's different bodies of work. For instance, let me give you an example. The other day I was um, getting ready to post some. I go on a story and it says it has me and Besta Williams On the picture, you can go look this up, right? On the side of it, it says CeCe Tennyson and the Four Tops. So when things like that happen... What? Right. I'm like, when I do a record with the Four Tops, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it was like, when you see stuff like that, that means you're not getting paid properly as the artist. When they misspell your name, you're not getting paid properly. So I've seen a lot of different things, just like um, with Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. It was called finale and overture instead of finally, so that's a whole another body of work. Now, where someone has done something different, so it's like little little ways that people slip stuff in, don't get your commission, don't give you the right writer's credit, or, be, or the greedy. Like I find that a lot of people are just greedy, right? You know, for real. Who keeps who keeps
7: track? Who keeps track of that money though? Because I know people. I don't know if that's like a publishing thing. Is it a? How do you figure that out and make sure you get your money?
3: The thing about it is I have lawyers. I have people that look over my paperwork. But at the end of the day, people can kind of do what they want to do. They can slant things a certain way to make it look a certain way or like, hey, this is what this was for or this is the account that that's going into. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times I feel like I've been misunderstood because people think I'm screaming or being unreasonable. And I'm like, no, I'm not being unreasonable and I'm not screaming. I'm letting you know the real But I try to also understand, you know what, it's still a business, so you still got to come like a business person whenever you're doing stuff. I saw you talking
7: about Lizzo and saying that you like Lizzo and love Lizzo as an artist, but then there was that issue with uh, her song and with your song and the interpolation and all of that, so it wasn't an attack on her. It was just as an artist, you want to make sure you get what you're supposed to get.
9: Well,
3: whatever you read, Angela, is what it is. Mm -hmm. And what I'm going to say is I love Lizzo's music. sounds familiar, so I will say that. But the thing about it is I feel like right is right, wrong is wrong, whatever it seems to be. Um, If someone takes – okay, let me ask you this. If I'm the only one that has done a certain signature since I started and somebody else does it, if that was you, that's like you doing a body work, doing some poetry or something. someone starts reciting and then people think it's you, how would that feeling be?
0: And then yeah, you for, feel like for, that's yours, absolutely.
3: And originally, MV. so I'm going to say this. I was just putting out a post like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm the type of person. i pay homage to people who I need to pay homage to on different things, right? So it was just like, hey, fish, you know, blah, 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 blah. It was like more of just like a statement. I had no idea that it was really going to go as far as it did or like it was going to blow up like that. And I was like, wait a minute. So, I mean, I mean it is what it is. I mean y'all listen to music all the time. Y'all listen right. to, you know, different genres of music. I'm sure you can probably you probably can't admit it here, but you might have heard some similarities or, or not. Yeah, you if hear not, it all the time of course, with certain
8: music. I I just I just assume that they got it cleared whenever I hear something. Yeah, we like don't
0: that. know. Do you um, have a team though? Like I know Sugar Hill Gang, they have a team of people that That's their Mm -hmm. job. And all day they listen to see if people sample their type of records. Because I know you had, a, a, I think, a problem with Mm -hmm. Chris Brown and Joyner Lucas of possibly sampling your stuff. Do you have a team that that goes out and listens for that?
3: I have an absolute team. But once again, Mm -hmm. people can slant things to be whatever. And I actually have writers' uh, credit on the Joyner Lucas and Chris Brown track. Um, Mm -hmm. So certain things um, get cleared um, professionally the way that they should be. And other things is just like, hey, if we kind of like scoot over this way, maybe nobody will say anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the first artist, and I won't be the last that this has happened to. I mean, I feel like the system has kind of been set up to, you know, be in favor of, you know, whoever signs you. As, it, it, You know, you're a business product at the end of the day to whoever signs you, and so you have to, you know, understand that that's what it is. Right. But, you know, I just, I don't feel like, I should have to be quiet if something isn't right. Hell no. Hell no! that means not somebody else's idea of what I should do.
8: Did you ever take legal action against Chris Brown and joining Lucas? Like, how did your name end up being in the, the writing credit?
3: Well, because the, they actually used Finally in the, in the Hook, right? Mm-hmm. And they used the melody line in the Hook, and they called the song Finally. So I'm actually okay. on the writer's credit. If you go to Genius.com, I'm Charlamagne, you can see... Where the writer's credit and everything is on there, my name is on there.
8: I saw what you said, join and Chris said they didn't take the proper steps to use the record, but I didn't know what that meant.
3: No, I wasn't sure until I oh, saw gotcha, what gotcha, I, gotcha. I wasn't okay. sure. Sometimes, you know what it is, is the, the company has put out uh, bodies of work. They don't give me an announcement about what they're doing, and someone would be like, "Yo, I heard your song," or "Blah blah blah," or "I saw it on this show," or whatever, and you know. Again, I'm supposed to be notified of those things. And if you're not notifying me, and you know you're supposed to, see, the system is not always set up to be in the artist's favor. It's just not. Sometimes, but if you
0: own the record, shouldn't you have to sign off? If you own the record, shouldn't they have to sign off every time everybody samples? It should be you getting it. They have to clear it through you?
3: That's what I think. That's what I think, Envy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what my paperwork says. But... uh, it's a lie. I
0: got it. <laughs> no, because you could be suing there, suing it. everybody's ass because if you don't get the proper clearance, like I know certain artists, whether it's Prince or it's either Michael Jackson or certain accounts, if they don't get the proper clearance through them, if they don't get the okay, it's not going to get cleared. Because I remember even when I did my album, like there were certain samples that I, we couldn't get the clearance. We asked the estate, and the estate was like, no, it's too much cursing on it, or it's secular music, or certain things, and we couldn't get the clearance. Now, we tried to play it over and do an interpolation, but if, if we did it, we had to clear it, or we would get sued.
3: You know what? I wish I knew what the deal was, and I wish I could give you an answer on why they do that. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like I've had integrity in the things that I do, or how I push stuff. Because why wouldn't you want the artist to actually push the body of work that you do? And especially when you know I'm recouped. Mm-hmm. You know I'm recouped. I pay my dues. Finally, has been done. Like seriously, like it's been on at least five thousand compilations. Wow. Different artists. Stuff. If you go to Who Samples Who, you can at least find a hundred things of artists who have sampled my music, from Travis Scott to um, to the Lucas to um, uh, what Belton Wetzel to Parks did my song over. Adele did it in concert. Lady Gaga did it in her tour, and so did uh, Adele. So it's like I've been blessed to have a body of work that people still love because you know what, everybody doesn't get that. So you know, but it is one of the things like there's a lot of questions. For me, as well, mm-hmm. right, like what? Well, I see what are the, you... questions? the why, like like why y'all still like, why can't we all eat? Mm-hmm. why can't we all eat like I don't understand mm-hmm. when people like, hey, I like to, I've learned, I will tell you what this did for me, though, I felt you know bullied by the whole situation, to be honest with you, because I can see what's wrong, but I can't fix it,
9: mm-hmm. I can
3: yeah. see when there's a misspelling, or I can see when something came out. So what it did is it called me to be a better, uh, a better businesswoman. And I'm really, you know, I'll see something and I'll be like, hey, I'm on top of it. So I learned my lesson. I mean, I think that's really all you can do. All right, we got more with C.C. Peniston when
0: we come back. a matter of fact, let's get into a mini-mix. It's Throwback Thursday. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Oh, yeah. That was the C.C. Peniston mini-mix. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with C.C. Peniston. Charlamagne? You, you were also the first uh, foreign female
8: entertainer to perform in uh, post-apartheid South Africa, right? hmm Did I read that? Yeah,
3: uh, definitely. Um, you know what? And I enjoyed that. That was like a real spiritual experience for me. Um, and it's funny because they had asked me to come over before apartheid, and I was like, no, I really don't want to come over before apartheid. And I ended up hitting a stage, and I was like, damn, you know, I'm in the motherland, and I was, like, happy, you know what I'm saying? I was excited, and, you know, so... By the way, y'all can ask me. You know, whatever else y'all want to ask me, y'all don't have to be in the safe zone with me. Just so y'all know, and you don't have no, to. You're not, not in the safe zone. Wikipedia, because Wikipedia, I feel like they're so opinionated. I've never seen two pages with opinionated, <laughs> okay, opinionated attitude in the Wikipedia. You know how they usually just give the info, mm-hmm. okay. What I'm does like, Wikipedia Do say? You what what
7: yeah, wikipedia
8: wikipedia. let me go look at your wikipedia yeah, what is wikipedia I, saying about you what's i don't be going, going, going to wikipedia
7: let's see what's on there oh, you
8: done, oh she cc done did so much she performed at private engagements for a franklin's private birthday party she performed for pope john paul ii at the vatican
3: mm-hmm. thank you thank you wow thank you <laughs>
8: I knew about South Africa. Let me see. let me find the dirt. Let me see. Let me see. We gotta go to controversy. Oh look, here we go. Look,
3: I they, <laughs> oh they got oh, there goes controversy. Oh It starts off <laughs> with, with plastic surgery. <laughs> surgery. So I'm gonna say nah. this. I'm gonna say this. Sometimes when people see me, they don't really ask me the questions that they really wanna ask me. Sometimes, they stay in the safe zone with me, and I know it's a form of respect, and huh? I appreciate it. But I want people to ask me the questions that they wanna ask me.
0: Okay, so what mm-hmm. happened with you and Monica? You and Monica had a beef? I see that, a misunderstanding. You know, we usually don't go to Wikipedia. <laughs>
3: okay, let's talk. Because Wikipedia
0: so, is usually a lot. They lie sometimes. Like, But but what happened with you and Monica?
3: Oh, so it really wasn't a beef. So this is what happened, right? I feel like it was a miscommunication more than anything. Me and Monica, this was before Monica had gotten in the business. So I was at a, um, a performance, and she had come up to me, and I had to end up leaving. You know, you me like, hey, we got to go. Mm-hmm. She thought I was shading her, but I really wasn't shading her, Right. But that's how she felt. So later on, um, I, and I loved all her music. This was—I right. I love all her music, right? So I ended up, um, I ended up uh, hearing that she had a beef with me, and I was like, "What? Yo, I didn't even know she had a beef with me." Like in my mind, I don't remember the situation going down that way. But since she felt that way, I said, "Let me address it." So I addressed it. I put a letter out. I sent something to her, and it ended up on the Jasmine brand. And so I was like. Oh okay. I was like, and, and she and she wrote me back. She wrote me back, and we were cool after that. Okay. That's good. You know that what I'm saying. Got it was all. cool. So yeah, definitely. It was a misunderstanding. Yeah, more of a miscommunication. Like she felt like I had was being funny style, and I was like, nah, since I wouldn't be in funny style to you. I mean, I I love your body work, your music, and stuff. So did you do you yes, have a said, reputation
7: she... for being rude to people? Um, I have a
3: reputation for being uh, direct. Do
7: you? Think I'm just was... wondering. No, I, I was, listen, I was excited. I said, C.C. C. you know, so, but I know my, people always tell me this. They'd be like, well, Angela, people treat you differently than they treat other people. So that's why you I was asking that. Think- I don't think so.
3: I feel like I'm direct. And I feel like mm-hmm. I just like, I feel like sometimes people are abrupt with me and then I have to soldier up and be like, okay, is that what we're doing? Like, what I've noticed during pandemic, and, and it be pissing me off sometimes, people be like, yo, I need this. And you be like, oh, oh how you doing today?
7: Yeah, you how's good? everything? How's the family?
3: <laughs> Is your family good? You all right? Mm-hmm. Like, they just keep coming at you like any type of way. And so, you know, I, don't, I feel like people are insensitive during this time where we have a lot of sensitivity going on in a whole wide world. You know what I mean? Right. No, now, right. why does plastic oh, that,
7: that, surgery
0: come up when, when, when it says controversies? Have you had a lot of plastic surgery? Is that something that, that's that's big? Or, I don't understand why why that's coming up.
3: I had lipo done, and I I put it out there that I had lipo done, but I also got on a, um, uh, a weight loss plan and started working out in the gym and all that stuff, but I ain't, I ain't funny style about sharing it. I right, because you done. can't do
7: lipo and not work out after. That won't yeah, work
3: it out. Might, it might start going to other places. Right, <laughs> so I decided to get in shape and you know get on the lifestyle type thing, workout. Okay. Now you've now also I been really open about workout.
7: about miscarriages too, and mm-hmm. you've been open about uh, suffering from miscarriages. Mm-hmm. It was how many? How many did you have? Five. Mm-hmm. That had to be a really difficult time for you oh, as well.
3: Definitely, I was definitely a traumatic experience, but it was with the same man, by the way, just so you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing about it was. It's like I had to cover those things and sometimes when I looked heavier, it's like my boobs was full because I was just pregnant and people didn't know that or I was heavier or my mindset wasn't right and my spirit was off because I just felt you know some type of way. but you know artists, our job is to make your um, our job is to make your bad day a good day. So I learned how to cover because that's what people want to see. They don't want to see you up there complaining or talking about how you feel, you know what I mean.
7: Yeah, but then that's part of the healing process too to be able to express how you really feel instead of having to cover that as well because people can't relate
3: to it. I always say you only have to tell the truth one time and then you're able to heal from that point. Um, Other people may have their judgments about it and the reason I didn't really talk about it sooner is because I felt like people would not really understand how I felt about it. I had to get over it first so that if somebody said something off or felt some type of way, I could say, hey, that was then, and this is now, you know.
8: So how, how does a person heal from that, though? Because not only are you reliving that trauma mm-hmm. from, from one miscarriage, you keep getting traumatized because they keep happening. Like, how do you heal from that?
3: You know what? I would always say this. There's always a little part of me that wonders and wishes and says what if I had children, how my life would be different. Um however you get to a place and say that, you know what, God just had another thing for me to do. He had another mission for me. And so I I, I had to get to that place first so I could just get to the healing part. Um, right. but it wasn't easy. I mean I still have moments where I get emotional about it, where I'm like looking at something like, Dang, I wonder how that would have you know, turned out, you know? So
7: Yeah. Yeah. And you and you did say you suffered from depression also, right? And Yeah, definitely. It, You think those things were
3: related? Was it? Um, I think it was an accumulation of things. At the time, um, that's when I had found out the stuff about the accountant and it was the babies. And so your money's funny. And now I got to be an entertainer. My my, my money's funny. And I'd have been pregnant. Now I got to go perform. And and then I'm I'm not getting the same pay grade that I was getting before. And I was agitated and, and my feelings were hurt. And then your marriage is weird because you become a stranger to that person because now you're out on the road and so y'all don't really get to communicate the way that you really need to communicate. So um, all those things just made it weird for me. What helped you? Um, Just saying that I try to wake up. One of my things I do is I write poetry um, late at night and I keep it to myself. The other things is like I journal and I just say, hey, you wake up tomorrow differently. And I kind of use that, like, hey, you get a day to go the hell off or feel some type of way. And I I isolate. So people always tell me, "Dang, you're so animated all the time, right? And I'm like, I know. I said, but I have my quiet moments, too. So sometimes I just take time to myself.
0: Well, Cece, we appreciate you checking in, Cece.
3: (laughs) Thank you so much. I thought y'all was really going to get me this morning. No, no. That's never hey, the goal, dead, Cece. Look, I thought y'all was gonna give me this morning, and well. no, we can only
7: respect you so oh, you much. You love me, look. Yeah. yes. But you, even, but, you know but, but, was, but you even if be excited, it's Cece Peniston we got here, okay?
8: Even if it's respect and love, though, we can only get get you on what's out there, not right. like making mm-hmm. stuff up.
3: No, you good, you clean out here. Yeah, you clean, you good. <laughs> good, thank you. That's
0: what's up. Well, Cece, thank you for joining us. It's Cece hey,
3: Peniston. All right, thanks for having me on,
0: y'all. Morning everybody, it's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy, we are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors, let's talk Kim Kardashian. It's time, time,
6: time. She's spilling the tea.
1: This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club.
7: Yes, so Kim Kardashian took to social media to let people know what's happening with Kanye. She said, as many of you know, Kanye has bipolar disorder. Anyone who has this or has a loved one in their life who does knows how incredibly complicated and painful it is to understand. I've never spoken publicly about how this has affected us at home because I'm very protective of our children and Kanye's right to privacy when it comes to his health. But today I feel like I should comment on it because of the stigma and misconceptions about mental health. Those that understand mental illness or even compulsive behavior know that the family is powerless unless the member is a minor. So he wants you to know she wants you to know that living with bipolar disorder does not diminish or invalidate his dreams and his creative ideas. No matter how big or unobtainable they may feel to some, this is part of his genius. And as we have all witnessed, many of his dreams have actually uh, come true.
8: And she's absolutely right. You know, and even though Kanye has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder, uh, I don't want, you know, anyone to act like this hasn't always been Kanye West. Exactly what she said is true. The same thing that makes him Kanye is what's got people mad at him now. He's got an album coming out Friday, a movie, a new sneaker. He wants to run for president, and he thinks he can win. So he's doing what he always does when he wants to do something, telling the whole world about it in a very grandiose, nut-ass way. But it tends to work for him
7: most of the time. Damon Dash is actually with Kanye right now at his Wyoming ranch, and he's saying that Kanye is not crazy. And he said people think he lost his mind just because he cried, the way he lost his mind and jumped on a jet and then jumped off the jet to come back to his 40,000-acre ranch. Yeah, I'd like to lose my mind like that. He said there's definitely people around him that love him, and he's going to be all right. We are praying. We are working. People think like we are in an insane asylum, but we got an album coming out.
4: Yeah,
8: and and also Kanye is a crier. He cried when Virgil, you know, uh, became the head of Louis Vuitton. He cried when he reunited with, you know, Kid Cudi on stage. He cried in an interview with Kendrick G on WGCI. I, I, yeah, it's, it's just no so problem. weird that we've been, wa- it's weird we've been watching Kanye Crain. do these things all the time for
0: years. But now when we don't agree with him, he's all of a sudden crazy. No, I I wouldn't say that. That's the reason why some of the tweets that he put out on his Instagram about his family and him trying to lock him up and all that—that that just seems like maybe he needs some help. Maybe he needs a hug. Maybe he needs to speak to somebody. That doesn't necessarily mean crazy. It just means he's going through uh, something right now and he needs help.
7: And his or wife said he's bipolar.
0: We know he's mm-hmm. bipolar, or maybe or maybe right. they just need a marriage counselor. <laughs> but
7: they, they need just something. Need a something needs
0: something you know? needs happen, or maybe you know what I mean. But definitely something.
7: Well, Damon Dash also said people watch the rally and think he's crazy, but that's how the average person thinks. Everyone that listens to him who thinks he's crazy is not a billionaire. But some reason, Elon Musk doesn't think he's crazy. I don't think he's crazy. Billionaires don't think it's crazy because he talks that Billy talk, and most people don't talk that talk. He speaks like the general to people that are generally soldiers.
8: Uh, you know, Steve Jobs had one of the best quotes about crazy. You know, Steve Jobs says uh, the people who usually change the world are the ones who are crazy enough to think that they can do it. It's a a whole thing on YouTube called the crazy ones. It's actually, I might post that today, by the way.
7: All right, and Kim Kardashian's meeting with Meek was not a one-on-one meeting, just the FYI. As you know, Kanye tweeted about that, that they met at the Waldorf Astoria. They were joined by by Clara Wusai, who, as you know, she's one of the uh, Nets, one of the, what, what do they call it now, since you don't say ownership? What's the word you're supposed to use?
8: Partnership person,
7: uh, the, one of the boys. I don't even know. ass person. Yes, uh, for the Nets. So she was present as well. So uh, that's By the it.
8: Way, that's just straight insecurity. That's just straight fragile ego <laughs> that you thought your wife couldn't go to a hotel and have a meeting with somebody and actually handle business as if hotels are not meeting places for a lot of people. Right, like the Waldorf. Come on, bro. That's just all insecurity. right
7: now. Let's discuss Drea. She was recently doing an interview uh, with Van Lathan. And when she was asked about Meg The Stallion and Tory Lanez, here's what happened. I predict that they had some sort of Bobby and Whitney love that, you know, drove <laughs> them down this snapped-esque mm. type of road. And mm. I'm here for it. I like that. I want you to like me so much you shoot me in the foot too. Like, but as long as... What the... Whoa. Wait, you want you What? I want you to like me so much that if I'm trying to get out the car and you're like, no, sit your f-ing ass she in the repeats. car. And she I'm repeats. like, no, I'm f-ing getting
3: out the car. No, you're not. He's shooting
8: Salute to my guy, Van Layton, though. But we got to give my man a uh, uh, Sterling Brim. That's his podcast. That's Steelo Brim's podcast. I think it's called uh, Wine and Weed, if I'm not mm. mistaken. Salute to my guy, Steelo. Y'all know Steelo from Ridiculousness, right? Yes, we like do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the
0: time. yeah, yeah. That's his podcast. What did you think, E?
7: I think that's a terrible thing to say. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants that test. not love at all. I would not want that. I would never want anybody to do anything like that. And, you know, Meg Thee Stallion's been very, the only thing she has said is that she doesn't like these jokes. She's seriously going through some trauma, which she will talk about when she's good and ready to talk about it. So, you know, all you can do is say, look, we're just praying for Meg. We don't know exactly what happened. And she did respond. Meg the Stallion took to Twitter and said, and F all the hoe ass N-words making jokes about it too. I'll talk about ish when I get ready. Dumb bitch, that ish ain't effing funny. Who the F jokes about getting shot by an N-word? And, and by the way, Dreya did apologize after that, just mm-hmm. as a FYI. She did say that she was sorry and that she had, should not have made a joke about that.
8: I feel sorry for anyone dealing with trauma in the social media era. You can never properly heal if you keep check, checking your mentions. And, uh, yeah, what Drea said was stupid. And the sad part about that is if, God forbid, a man ever violently attacks Drea, she will get no sympathy from social media. In fact, they will be on there saying, oh, that's what you wanted. That's what you That's what you wish for. That's what you like, right? So, yeah.
7: But... Drea said it was a prediction guys I have no idea what really happened And I hope nothing but the best for both of them And I really shouldn't have been joking about it It's a foul for me I truly don't glorify domestic violence I was trying to say just love me deeply But while trying to be funny I offended many including Meg And I'm sorry
8: She knew that in the moment Okay by the way that's a pre-tape podcast That could have been edited as well She could have asked to got that taken out It's not like Van didn't correct her in the moment So she knew it was wrong Fan told her, they're going to light your ass up. It's going to go viral. She wanted that out there. She got what she wanted.
7: All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report.
8: All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Charlemagne, who are you giving that donkey to? You know, I need uh, the presumptive Democratic nominee, Joe Biden, to come to the front of the congregation. We'd like to have a word with him, please. All
0: right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. This is The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Yeah.
4: For Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the
3: Day, man. I'm a Democrat, so being Donkey of the Day is a little bit of a mixed up So like a donkey, he's okay. okay. Donkey of the Day. <laughs> the Breakfast Club, bitches.
10: Now, I've been called a lot in my 23 years, but Donkey of the Day is a new one. Donkey of the
8: Day for Thursday, July 23rd goes to the presumptive Democratic nominee for President Joe Biden, Uh, Vice President Joe Biden. I really wish Joe Biden would shut the F up forever and continue to act like he's starring in the movie A Quiet Place, because as soon as he opens his mouth and makes noise, he gets us all killed. Okay, it's already so many people who are reluctantly only voting for Joe Biden because he's the only option and because Donald J. Trump is that trash. In fact, uh, back in early June, there was a poll done that showed out of people who are registered to vote and would vote for Biden. Thirty seven percent are enthused about voting for Biden, but 60 percent are more enthused about voting against Trump. Now, on the flip side, out of the people who would vote for Trump, 70% are enthused about actually voting for Donald, okay, about actually voting for him. Uh, The rest just want to vote against Biden, okay? I think it's like 27% or something like that. Uh, The moral of the story is people aren't enthused about Biden. They just don't like Trump, and that's not good. That's not a great motivator. That's not something that makes you get up on election day and say, hey, I have to vote. And when Joe Biden says certain things, he causes even more of a lack of enthusiasm. Case in point, yesterday, uh, America is tired. Okay, we're tired and we're fed up and we're really fed up with old white male leadership. Okay, old white male leadership has gotten us to this point. That's the reason we're in the situation that we're in right now. Doesn't matter if it's Democrat or Republican, local or federal, old white male leadership has failed America. And there is nothing worse than an old white male who can't recognize the faults and flaws of other old white males. We live in a country where everyone now is trying to act so woke. They're acting like they see us, okay? They are acting like they see what's really going on in this country as if the veil has been taken off. And it's very hard for me to believe they are sincere simply because they won't acknowledge how we got here. How we got here in this position is systemic racism. How we got here is systemic oppression. Racism is the American way, okay? Donald Trump is not the first, and sadly, he won't be the last, all right? He's just more overt, with his racism than most presidents we've had in recent times. That's when, that's why when Joe Biden incorrectly refers to Donald Trump as America's first racist president. Okay. Like he did yesterday during a virtual town hall hosted by the service employees, international union. We have to check that immediately. Okay. Can't have no revisionist history here. Saying Donald Trump is the first racist president is a lie. Okay. It's a lie that relinquishes America of all responsibility of its bigotry. Listen to what Joe Biden said, please. Listen.
4: What President Trump has done, his spreading of racism, the way he deals with with, with people based on the color of their skin, their national origin, where they're from, is absolutely sickening. No sitting president has ever done this. No Republican president has done this. No Democratic president. We've had racists, and they've existed. They've tried to get elected president. He's the first one that has. How
8: are we ever going to atone for America's original sins if we don't acknowledge them? Now, I graduated from Berkeley High School in Moss Corner, South Carolina. I dropped on a cruise bomb for Berkeley High School. Okay, I graduated two years behind schedule. I was supposed to be class of 96. I was class of 98, and I graduated in night school. Okay, got kicked out of two high, school, two high schools, I had Berkeley High School and Scratford High School. So I am not the smartest or strongest avenger. But with my limited formal education, I know that the USA may have been founded on the idea that all men are created equal, but in the 18th and 19th century, that was malarkey. All right? B.S. How could all men be created equal in a country where black people were looked at as three-fifths of a human being? You didn't even look at us as a whole human, so how could we ever be equal? Not to mention, uh, slaveholding was far too common back then. All right. In fact, so much so that 12, count them, 12, a whole dozen chief executives, heads of states, presidents, whatever you want to call them, owned slaves. How the hell can Donald J. Trump be the first racist president in a country with 12 presidents before him owned slaves? What you going to tell me? Slavery wasn't racist? It was just business. Do you want me to grasp the cultural context of what the times were? Miss me with all that. Slaves built the White House. Okay, James Madison, James Monroe, Andrew Jackson all owned several dozen slaves. Uh, Martin Van Buren, William Henry Harrison, John Tyler, and James K. Polk all owned, owned slaves. Okay, George Washington, Mr. Dollar Dollar Bill, y'all, all right, had 300 male slaves on his plantation. Dude on the nickel. Okay, Thomas Jefferson, even though he once called slavery an assemblage of horrors, he had 175 slaves, and this is why you can't let them get away with saying slavery was just business and the culture was different back then. They weren't racist, they were just men of the times. No, no, no. Dude on the nickel, Thomas Jefferson That racism was an assemblage of horrors. They knew exactly what they were doing and why why they were doing it. Okay, Zachary Taylor owned 150 slaves when he was in the White House. All right? Andrew Johnson and Ulysses S. Grant uh, also owned slaves. The moral of the story is Donald J. Trump is not the first racist president. He's the latest racist president. Like, come on. We had presidents who ruled over a country where black people, Native Americans, Latinos didn't have the right to vote. Andrew Jackson called abolitionists uh, uh, urging black equality unconstitutional and wicked. Thomas Jefferson said in his book, Notes on the State of Virginia, if every black slave were ever freed, they should be deported because he believed blacks and black and whites could not live together peacefully. Woodrow Wilson worked to keep blacks out of Princeton University while serving as the school's president. And when he became president of the United States of America, he refused to reverse the segregation of civil service, even though he won the White House with the support of some black men, even Lyndon B. Johnson, who I would like to see uh, Joe Biden be as far as policy and, and and legislation when he gets in the White House. Even Lyndon B. Johnson, who on paper was probably the most progressive president in regard to race relations ever. In tapes of private conversations, he routinely used racist rhetoric to describe black people he appointed to key positions. You know, Joe Biden, I know that you said in 2020, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. It seems to me that in the 18th and 19th century, you could not be president if you ain't racist. I ask again, how will America ever atone for its original sins if it won't even acknowledge them? Joe, you got to hurry up and announce your black woman VP so I can be enthused about voting for her because I will never be enthused about voting for you. And you know America is in a terrible place when Kanye West seems like a viable option. (laughs) Okay, America, we need a change. I don't know how we ended up in a position where in November we have to vote for two old white males again okay the option is old white male leadership again but we are here and the country is at a tipping point the energy of change is all around us America is going in a new direction but the ballot on November 3rd does not reflect that at all could you please uh, give Vice President Joe Biden the presumptive Democratic nominee for president in 2020 the biggest hee-haw
0: all right. Well, thank you for that donkey mm-hmm. today. Up yes. next, Ask ye 800 585 1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, hit ye right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning.
1: What, 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 what you want to no. know? Baby mama issues? Needs some words of wisdom? Call up now for Ask Yee. 800 585 1051. The Breakfast Club. Relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice? Call up now for Ask Yee. Keep it real.
0: Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne, the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's time for Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Frank. Frank, what's up, brother? What's your question for Yee? So, I'm actually with my two friends right here, and mm-hmm.
11: we're all talking to the same girl. And we don't know what to do about it.
7: Wait, you guys are all dating her?
11: No, like, we all met her through school, and, like, she's kind of leading us all on. And we all like her, and we don't know what to do about it.
7: (laughs) It's really not up to y'all. It's up to her.
11: Well, I mean, but she's, like, messing with all of us.
7: What do you mean by messing with and leading all? Like, what is is she doing?
11: We're, like, in an entanglement.
7: Is she going on dates with any of you? Have any of you kissed all of her? Them. Has it... all Okay, so them. you've all... and you guys have all kissed her.
11: Yeah. Like everything.
7: Okay. And she just hasn't chosen any one of you.
11: Nope.
7: And you guys all three of you would like to be in a relationship with her.
11: Yeah, we don't know. We don't know how to figure it out like who to, what to do, like who got her.
7: Well, first of all, it's really not y'all's decision. It's her decision is what it sounds like. Okay. So, it's not that you don't know what you should do; you're waiting to find out what she does now. If any of you feel like it's affecting your friendship and you want to step back and say, "You know what I'm not doing, this. it's kind of like there's something about Mary. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah, it's kind of like but that like, is it affecting is it affecting your friendship?"
11: No, nah, we're all kind of chilling, but she's been doing this for like a while now. She's not really picking any of us, so
7: well, y'all kinda like. Of let-
11: we should decide, like, between us, like, who, who the two are going to back off.
7: I don't think it's up to you guys. It's up to who she likes. And, you know, personally, like, if you are in a one-on-one situation when you're talking to her, you should let her know, look, I'm not cool with this. I feel like you got to figure out which one of us you want to talk to. Because two of you could back off, and the one left could not be the person she wants to be with.
11: But that's not fair to us because she's just leading us all
7: on. Yeah, but you guys are allowing yourselves to be let on. You know what the deal is, right? Everything's on the table.
11: So that's why I wanted to say two of my friends back off and then one together.
7: How do you decide that?
11: Maybe, maybe like a fight. <laughs> I don't know.
7: Listen, it's... It, it sounds to me like she has all the power in this situation but when you are in something like this and the person is being honest and you know everything you can't blame anyone but yourselves so as long as she's being honest with you you know what the deal is if you want to try to hang in there maybe it's challenging for you maybe you all really like her like that whatever it is the ultimate decision is on her and at least she she's not lying so you could say it's leading you on but you know what's happening if you ask her which one of us do you like the best what does she say
11: she doesn't really answer. She kind of avoids the question.
7: All right. How old are you? I'm 18. Oh, well, you guys are still young. Well, may the best yeah. man win.
11: May the best man win. Can we just fight for her?
7: All right. Can you um, shoot us something on Instagram so I can see what, what all of you look like? I want to see who might win this fight.
11: All right. Bet. <laughs>
7: No, but seriously, don't fight over a girl. It's just, you know, if maybe there's somebody else out there for one of you or whatever it is, but right now you guys, none of you are in a relationship. Y'all all all just dating the same girl. And she has the power. So more power to her.
0: I guess you're right.
7: All right. Guys been doing this for forever. Ask ye 800
0: 585 1051 If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, call ye now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. For real, real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Yee. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Yeah, what's happening,
10: man? What's going on? What's up, bro? What's, what's, what's your question for you? Uh, my question is is that um, me and my shorty, we've been separated for about seven months now. And, um, you know, kind of forced me to, uh, we've been living together and it forced me to live with family members while we work on our issues. Um, but I've been still paying our bills, still paying rent, still doing this and that and third. But she won't let me back in the house. I uh, won't let you know, give me any leeway to make it seem like it's going to get better. I just want to know when is when is the point where I got to say enough is enough, and I have to just focus on myself. Um, we have a one-year-old together. Um, I try to keep our family together, but it just doesn't seem like that's not what she's interested in. She always keeps saying, "I just need to find myself." Um, things haven't been uh, happy for me in the past year. Uh, I try to do everything that I possibly can as a man to make her feel uh, loved, supported, uh, make her feel like a woman. Um, but it's just, you know, you, you whine and dine. I'm doing all of these things, and it seems like it's getting me nowhere. And, you know, we're not intimate in the past seven months. Uh, I've held it down for the past seven months just trying to let her know how much I love her and I support her. But when is enough Well, you? you
7: know? your one-year-old lives with her,
10: right? Uh, well, actually, you know, it's kind of crazy since she's finding herself our daughter's kind of been with me for the past two and a half months. So it's kind of been a week to week type of thing. And then Mm -hmm. it kind of shifted to where she's kind of been with me for the past two months.
7: And your child is only only one. Do you feel like she's gone through like maybe some postpartum depression? um,
10: Well, you know, obviously, you know, I didn't, I didn't play the best part in it. You know, like I say, you Mm -hmm. know, I made my mistakes. Um, mm. you know, um yeah, you know, I made my mistakes. Um, you know, I'm not going to say like I cheated, but you know, I maybe kind of fiddled around it, maybe had some text messages that probably shouldn't have been, you know, been spoken about, but um you And know, when like, did this I'm happen?
7: Like,
10: I, this happened about 3 years ago. Okay. Um so she's kind of just been holding on to something that has been bothering her for the past 3 years, and trust me, I've been in that doghouse then. Um so I just been doing the best that I can to just not ever have to worry about looking back in the past and focus on trying to better the future. But I just don't know where to the point where I have to say, you know what, even know, I love this woman so much. It's financially hurting me because not only am I living with a family member that I'm splitting bills with here, but I'm also paying for her mm-hmm. bills to make sure she's straight as well, but she won't let me back in the house. She doesn't want to, you know, Have you guys tried to get him, professional
7: God. help? Like go to therapy together?
10: You know, it's so crazy. You know, it's like I've even came to her, and I was like, you know what? What could I possibly do to show you how much I care? Um, Actually, a family friend told me that him and his girlfriend went through a certain situation, and she mentioned um therapy, and he thought it was mad corny to be completely real with you, but he gave it a try. He said that was probably one of the best things that's ever happened in their relationship was for them to talk to somebody about mm-hmm. their problems. And I mentioned it to her, and she's just a very... um. Uh, I don't want to say a very independent person, where she feels like she don't need to talk to anybody about her problems. Um, but you know what? I was trying to do anything that I possibly could to just show her that I w- was willing to make it work. Um, but well, you I know
7: what? Maybe maybe she needs more. to go indiv- individually herself first. You know, just to sift through some things that might be really personal to her. And you should actually get a reference for from your friend, whoever they used that was beneficial and see if she can start going on her own. And it could be through Zoom right now. I know a lot of people are doing uh, tele-mental health things right now. So she doesn't even have to leave the house to do that and see if that can help. But it could be some postpartum depression as well. You know, she has a one-year-old and it might be something that she hasn't even been, been able to identify herself. And I think it's great that you've been supportive. You know what your role is. And, you know, you guys having issues in the relationship now is time to fix these things. And, you know, I think that, She should definitely get some professional help. And then as a family, you guys need to do that because you have a one-year-old. So more than just it being about your relationship with her, it's about your relationship as a family. So whether or not you guys will end up together, you want to make sure that you can function for the sake of this child. Absolutely. Okay, and so yeah. I would approach it that way. And maybe a better approach is also not necessarily trying to repair the relationship, but for her to be able to figure out what it is that she needs, to keep, she needs to find herself. So maybe as an individual, she needs to figure out her happiness and what is really bothering her. And it could be postpartum. And those are things that she needs to work out on her own before she can even be part of a relationship. I always feel like as individuals, we need to be comfortable in ourselves before we can be with someone else.
10: Should I look, should I even look forward to even trying to return back to the home?
7: It sounds like she's the one that really, really needs some support right now. And with the woman's body and her hormones and everything that she's going through from having had a baby not that long ago, it could be something that is really difficult. And I think it's just important for you to be supportive of her right now because it feels like she's the one really in need and I understand financially you know it's been hard and it's been a struggle for you but this is a period of time right now where she needs your support the most and the support should come in the form of I just want you to feel good it's not even about sometimes we sacrifice that for periods of time right because you want her to feel better so I think in this situation it's more about her
10: I understood so basically I just got to focus on just making sure that it's not my time about yeah make sure let's
7: get her back to being happy because she's told you specifically that she needs help and she needs to find herself so because of that it's not really about you at this time and it could be like i said something she hasn't identified so let's identify what that is let's get professional help for her and you just be supportive and it's not about when are we going to be together i'm paying these bills i want to be back in the house you know i think that'll just make it even worse if you bring those things up right now
10: i respect that i appreciate you
7: All right. All right. Be a good man. You got this. All
10: right. All right. Thank you. Y'all have a good day.
7: You too. All right. Ask ye.
0: 800-585-1051. We got rumors on the way, ye.
7: Yes. J. Cole has two new songs out, just like he promised. We got those previews for you.
0: All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning.
1: The Breakfast Club. Gossip,
7: gossip. The Rumor Report. Gossip, gossip.
1: With Angela, Angela Yee.
7: It's the Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Yes, yeah, so it looks like Dave Franco is going to be playing rapper Vanilla Ice. That biopic is called so far To The Extreme. That's the working title right now. From a high school dropout selling cars in Dallas to having the first hip-hop single to top the Billboard charts with Ice Ice Baby. A young Vanilla Ice struggles with stardom, extortion attempts, and selling out as he makes music history.
8: Hey, man, um, I'm here for that. My first reaction is not right now, uh, but, no, I'm here for that. We all own 2D Extreme, and uh, Vanilla Ice had a, had a had a couple records I really liked. Ice Ice Baby is a tough tune, but, boy, mm-hmm. that goddamn ninja rap off the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle soundtrack, now that was fire. Drop on the Clues Bombs for goddamn ninja rap, baby. Ninja rap. Ninja oh, rap? hard. Go, ninja, go, ninja,
0: go. Go, go. Remember yeah. that? I do remember that. Hey, yo, it's the
8: Green I Machine, just- gonna rock the town without being seen. Have you ever seen a turtle get down, slamming and jamming to the new swing
7: sound?
0: Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't like go it like ninja, that. I just go like ninja. it enough.
7: go. But okay. you know, I don't know that much about Vanilla Ice, other than he had that one huge hit song, and I think Shaq Knight extorted him, or tried to yeah, throw him off the
0: Yeah, allegedly hung him up for yeah,
7: I'll be interested to see this. And they said it'll be kind of like how they took a liking to uh, the disaster artist, which I thought that movie was hilarious. So. I mean, as long as you
8: don't get a theatrical release, you know what I'm saying? As long as it's something like a made for TV movie, I'm fine with that. If it gets like a big budget theatrical release, I'm screaming white privilege all goddamn day. Okay.
7: But I'm sure it'll bring up a lot of issues about like a white rapper topping the hip hop charts and all of those things. So I think Mm. it'll be interesting. All right, now J. Cole has put out two new singles, just like he promised, from his new album, The Fall Off, titled, uh, they're called Lewis Street, The Climb Back, and Lion King on Ice. So let's hear a snippet from The Climb Back.
2: Everything come back around full circle. Why do lies sound pleasant but the truth hurtful? Everybody gotta cry once in a while. But how long will it take for you smile? This is that come back to life. it, pick me up and we gon' light the city up as if the sun had the night. And paint the town red for my We n- found there too soon. Yeah. To the left of that decimal, I need seven figures to play the joint. Turn up your decibels, peapod decimator joint. Check out my projects like the workers that section eight points. And you'll see how I flip like exclamation points. Sounds dope.
7: Mm-hmm. And here is Lion King on Ice.
2: Dedication on another level never seen in their life. Celebrating all your first downs like they touchdowns bring a price. Young Simba had to bust down, yet yeah, a Lion King on Ice. Wanted me to look the part, had to stop taking advice. Put the jury to the side, had to find me, had to find God. Had the time, we be passed by. What they expect from us, but that's stretch of us, that shows less of us. I need y'all to see every part of me, every scar and every artery, every story that I can recall, then I can fall. I got blood on my hands, I ain't gonna lie. I got blood on my shoes, I ain't gonna lie. I got real, real big plans, I ain't gonna lie.
8: That sounds dope as well. I haven't listened to either in its entirety. Uh, I have to be in a mood to listen to J. Cole. So I'll yeah, I got to listen,
0: listen to
7: him too. It, it sounds pretty dope though. So yeah, he posted it and he, he said it's available now. So you already know. So let's see how this goes. Because I see now people are like, okay, Kendrick, you see what J. Cole did. Give us some music. And people are and really hungry for music right now.
8: I, I am definitely anticipating the new Kendrick Lamar album. Kendrick Lamar is, to me, the leader of the new school when it comes to this new generation. I know people like Drake and those guys sell more, get more radio play, but Kendrick is that guy to me. So I'm looking forward to a new Kendrick. Uh, Kendrick and Rhapsody are my favorite rappers of the past decade. Kendrick and Rhapsody.
7: All right. Now, Phaedra Park says her business is booming uh, amid coronavirus. She talked to Page Six podcast, We Here, and she said it's going great because, you know, she's a mortician. So that mortician business is is doing amazing. She said, I'm not a physician. However, I do have a mortuary, and I'll tell you this. Normally in the summer months, we're waiting for a boating accident or a motorcycle crash because otherwise we're pretty empty. She said, we are jam-packed. We are working like it's our heaviest season. So I tell people when they say, it's a joke, it's not that big of a deal. Well, let me put it to you in real terms. I'm getting 17 calls a day for pickups, and that's at one location. Last week, all of the people were under 59.
0: Damn. I mean, it sounds harsh. But it also it's sad, but she's, rights. yeah, she's profiting, yeah, people, but it's sad, man.
8: People, people die. That's just the reality of the world that we mm-hmm. live in.
7: And we need mortuaries. So, you need mortuaries. You'll
8: never go out of business wow. with
7: a
0: mortuary. Nah, yeah, not at all.
7: All right. Real Housewives of Atlanta, in the meantime, is filming again, even with coronavirus, and they're taking all kinds of precautions for safety. So some of the things that they're doing is they're doing temperature checks every day. That's for cast and crew members. If anybody mm-hmm. has any coronavirus symptoms or a, fi- a fever of 100.4 degrees or higher, they cannot film, plain and simple, and uh, the show showrunners are implementing things to keep people safe. The plan is to film the housewives themselves in more outdoor locations rather than indoors if they can help it. In- and keep away from large crowds and stick to their immediate families as much as possible. And there's only going to be essential crew members around, like camera people, hair and makeup. And they will only be around when absolutely necessary. You know, the thing with taking people's
0: temperature, it really does, you know, there's so many people that have it, that have no symptoms. So that taking temperature is it's it's kind of like a protocol, but I'm sure there's so many people out there that have it that don't have a temperature that got spread that thing. So it's You got to be safe, man. Even when my son goes to practice and they take his temperature every day and I'm like, yeah, but some of them kids might have have no temperature, you know?
8: But
7: I guess it's one indication. So you can weed out some people that might have it. They
8: Mm -hmm. have the two-day coronavirus test too, though. I mean, a lot of uh, TV tapings that are happening. I will say, man, a lot of the TV tapings that I'm supposed to do, it does slow it down because it makes you realize what's important. It's things that I'm supposed to go tape and I'm like, no. Cause I don't want to go anywhere because you pull up somewhere, mm-hmm. you do a coronavirus test, they give it back to you. Now you got to quarantine for 14 days. I'm cool.
7: Well, the one we did um, when we were in Ohio, that was a 15 minute one. So you get oh, wow. your results back in 15 minutes.
0: Do they stick it in your nose? That's the, that's the one yes. they stuck in your nose and did swap? hmm
7: Yep. And let me tell you something. That was quicker, Envy. That I'm was.
0: Thinking about it. No, I'm good.
7: And let me tell you something. It was like a very nervous fifteen minutes for us as we were waiting to get those results. Because I was like, "Lord, please don't make me have to go to a hotel and quarantine for fourteen days. Because then you can't even travel and get back on the road."
4: That's you know, why go I don't quarantine.
8: That. That's that's why I would never ever take one of them fast HIV AIDS results tests. I'm old school. I took mine back in the oh, day I you t- had to wait two weeks. You got time to pray no. and repent. Those are pretty
7: Just right, away, right Effective. It's like fifteen yeah, minutes actually, too, right? I- Yes, right away. You find out. I just did one a couple of months ago. I do it every few months just because we do our HIV testing at the juice bar yeah, twice you've a God year. Some
8: time. you can give God some time to correct your wrongs.
7: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report.
8: We're not gonna All talk right, about you, uh, you. four four Doug, four five Doug, what's four, his name? Four, four,
7: two Doug, four two Doug. He's from Detroit. Okay. Mm-hmm. You wanna talk about that fake story? Oh, it's fake? Yes, he wasn't
8: really was, saying that. Oh, okay. Because was, he was—he had a lyric where he said that. What—what—what what, what they said? He said. I was, our
7: second, I was trying to pay the rent. Of course, you want to the talk about thing, this.
8: I was—I was just gonna come to his defense and said, look, I, we just watched Snoop Dogg and DMX last night. Four Two Doug sounds like a '90s rapper to me. Because even if that was, even if they said what he said, he said, "Can you really beat uh, all your mans that been to jail before?" sucked my and you catch remind me of a script club every time you come around i just got to get my up uh, can you really come on come on now let's not judge yeah the somebody
7: somebody that doctored up the song and did that just to be funny so well, that's not what the song about
0: really is well, didn't nobody well, what are you thinking about Charlemagne, like? today huh what are you thinking about nothing, this morning huh
8: nothing i just don't like when they give the young kids flack for things that uh our 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 guys from our generation did okay and that was doctored so mm-hmm.
0: shout out to uh 24 Dougie. What's his name? 4-2
7: Doug.
0: 4-2 <laughs> Doug. All right. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. Revolt. We'll see you tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice Mix is up next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, shout to CC Peniston for joining us. Yes. To C.C. Love CC Peniston. Peniston. And yeah, listen, dope, salute dope, to dope.
8: DMX's. Salute to DMX and Snoop Dogg, Swiss Beach Timberland for a great verses last night. Um, some of your favorite problematic rap tunes rang off last night. I gotta salute Snoop Dogg for having the courage to play "Bitches Ain't Shit." But oh, I'm sorry, but, yeah, that that song. Okay, okay we know 2020. And um, also, man, you gotta give DMX courage for doing "Where the Hood At" in 2020. I, I just encourage y'all to go read the the the, the lyrics. To the first verse of Where the Hood At. <laughs> all right? That's all. Just go just go read the first verse. Okay? That's it. Mm-hmm. DMX, Where the Hood At. Read the first verse and then, then, then get back to me.
0: All but right. I give
8: them both courage for letting them problematic rap tunes play off. Okay? Hip-hop was much better when it was problematic.
7: When we think of these verses, I think we'll always think about this pandemic too. Just how it all started and blew up during this time. Mm -hmm. It's really, I think, been something that's
8: been such a bonding experience for people. And you know know what it reinforces? It reinforces that appreciation of people. Because I think that, you know, this pandemic has made us all appreciate life more, not just our own, but the people we love and care for. And that's what this Versus does. It makes you appreciate these artists that we grew up on. It really, you know, certifies these, these, these legends, these icons in a real way. So, yes, salute to Versus.
7: And I also All want right. to shout out every everybody where I'm at because I'm actually in Mexico right now in Playa del Carmen and I'm at the Fives Beach Hotel. But I'm out here because Rohan Marley is opening up a beach house, the Rohan Marley Beach House at mm-hmm. another Fives location that they're doing a grand opening for. So it's not even open yet. So we'll be there. And, um, you know, I'm just happy to be here. It's an amazing experience. I was kind of like not. Being able to go on vacation, you know, I don't have like a huge backyard outdoor area. So it's been nice to be here, able to go on my little rooftop and lay out and have a little pool here. So it's been really nice to just kind of get away. I was a little apprehensive about it, but I think with all the precautions people are taking, you know, and then I can go home and I live by myself so I can quarantine when I leave here. So I feel good. I'm happy.
0: All right. When we come back, we got the positive note. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, Charlamagne, you got a positive note for the people. I do, man. Uh, I want to tell
8: y'all, I have two that I want to do, actually, but I- I'm just going to go with one. Uh, I love and approve of myself. I want people to say that to themselves right now. Say it. Repeat after me. I love and approve of myself. I appreciate all that I do. I am good enough just as I am. I speak up for myself. I ask for what I want. I claim my power. Say
6: that to yourself three times today, people. Breakfast club, bitches! Are you do finished finish or y'all done?